Welcome to the LSI Behind the Wind podcast. My name is Sean Slatter, and for 30 years, I've dedicated my life to the science of business development. I've seen the impact of our work, which has evolved into economic development and now social impact. In this episode, we rebroadcast a recording and conversation that I had with Garrett Clark, who's an executive with Silicon Slopes. Silicon Slopes is an ecosystem of IT companies, primarily located in Utah. And Garrett has an incredible podcast that's called the Meat and Potatoes Podcast. He had me as a guest last year. And in this short discussion that we had, we talked about LSI's history and our work over the last 50 years and my time with the company over the last 30 years. So I hope you enjoy this discussion between Garrett Clark and me. Welcome to the Silicon Slopes podcast. Today, we're joined by Sean Slater, the CEO of LSI. How are you? I'm good, Garrett. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you for joining. So um, tell us about LSI, if you want to start with the founding story or what you guys do, however you want to do it. Sure. 50 years ago, we're celebrating our 50-year anniversary this Congrats. year. Thank you. There were five original principles of the company that had worked for the federal government, that came out of uh, government service. Uh, they were all World War II veterans and uh, started this little consulting company. Uh, they didn't think it was going to be a real business. They thought it was going to be a hobby for a few years. And 20 years later, I joined the company and then acquired the company from the original five principles shortly after that. So it's it's sort of a historic year for me as well. I'm celebrating 30 years with the company yeah. this year and 50 year our 50 year anniversary. Very cool. And then um, it's not easy to make it that long. <laughs> So you guys must be doing a lot of things right over the years. But uh, if somebody, uh, you know, at a, at a barbecue said, what does LSI do? What's the, the medium answer? Yeah, our, our primary focus is business development. And we're, we work with uh, a lot of different entities, both public and private entities, Fortune 500 companies down to small businesses, helping them to grow their business. And we also are working with a lot of federal, state, and municipal entities as well, using our business development methodology to create new jobs. That's what we do. And the origins of that go back 50 years. We really pioneered a lot of this science of business development, and it's still the heart of our business today. Got it. And so business development probably encompasses a lot of things for you guys over the it years. Does. What are some examples of a client that you guys will consult and represent and per- perhaps pursuing like a government contractor. <clears throat> so it really is scalable where we have many of our clients who are fortune 500 companies that will contract with us to help them meet a milestone, maybe a, a, the next revenue milestone or some kind of growth target. We also work with startup companies as well. And so some of our brand uh, companies, clients that uh, uh, people would recognize are companies like Boeing and Lockheed Martin and Northrop Grumman, Raytheon, AT&T. And we work in a lot of different uh, vertical markets as well. And 
We've even worked with a lot of the Silicon Slope members over the years uh, and have followed Qualtrics and Pluralsight and several other of uh, the Silicon Slope members to see what they've achieved. It's been it's been fun. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's do a, a case study example, yeah. and it can be fake. You can omit the name. You can sure. keep the name. But um, <clears throat> when a client reaches out to you guys, sends an email or phone call initially, what is the process like to vet the client, verify the client, and then ultimately proceed and maybe get on board and do sure. some work together? Typically, we'll start with what is your objective? Uh, most companies approach us where they want to hit a, a revenue target, what we call capture, a capture target. So you may be trying to hit a, a billion dollars or, a, or $10 million, whatever your target is. So we'll start there. And then based on that, we'll build a strategy around creating enough opportunities to hit that that revenue target. And so, for example, uh, we have a large Fortune 500 company that uh, they're doing about $40 billion in revenue. They've given us a $4.5 billion capture target this year. For us to hit that number, we need to have about uh, four times the target in our in the in the pipeline to make that happen. And as I said, we'll do that same process, that same science, whether the company is a five million dollar company or startup or a forty billion dollar company. And our team is uh, tremendous at at building an opportunity pipeline. And then working with our clients to move those opportunities to close, uh, to hit that revenue target. And then we have a lot of um, uh, discipline on the back end as well, helping uh, companies execute, ensuring that that they get that business uh, again, time and time again. Because it's really, that's a big part of the business development life cycle is making sure that you can execute. If we have a government entity that approaches us, it's really a similar process. And it may be uh, creating a tax base with new uh, companies. It may be creating new tax via jobs. And we work with a lot of uh, federal, state, municipal entities on geographic strategy, on vertical markets, creating jobs within a manufacturing industry or IT industry or what we call clusters or ecosystems, mm-hmm. and also in a demographic vertical as well. So it, it, it's very, it's very similar to our approach with working with a, a Boeing or an AT&T. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I guess being in business for 50 years, that means you say yes to these big challenges <laughs> and then fulfill on it. But $4 billion in that example that you gave, that's a huge number, right? It is. And uh, fairly daunting unless you kind of know what you're doing. So um, that's the objective, right? Four billion for this particular case. That's right. And so would that be a mix of kind of everything you just described? Or do they kind of think, do they give you a quick head start of like, we think you can get some here, you can get some here, give you guidelines, or do you guys start from scratch about where to get that four billion increase? No, it, it obviously it needs to be a partnership with the with the company, ensuring that we're 
following their strategic path. And oftentimes they'll have us build that strategy up front. But no, we'll, we'll work closely with them. I think our team had built a $20 billion opportunity pipeline for us to hit that $4 billion target this okay. year. So if that gives you some sense of the, the volume that we're looking at to make that happen. Yeah. And um, from kind of start to finish with the medium to bigger size customers and contracts, how long does that take? That's a good question. It, it depends on what the product or service is. Uh, is it a commodity? Is it a, do you need to develop a, a new uh, system? Uh, so there's, there's a lot of variables. It's hard, hard to say, but that's our target for this year okay. <laughs> for that account. So, and, and, you know, we've been working with this company for a long time that, and I think that's a testament of, of our, the strength of our, our company as well, that uh, we have very low attrition with our clients. Many of our clients have been with us for 20 to 30 years, which is yeah. unique. Very cool. Yeah. All right. So um, I think a lot of people understand like some of those big companies you mentioned, Raytheon and Boeing and AT&T, that's a whole different stratosphere it, it as is. far as uh, how the world works in yep. their minds. Um, kind of planting a seed for listeners that have a startup, maybe two to 50 people, right. or they're scaling of maybe 100 to 200, or uh, they've raised some maybe Series C right. rounds. Um, they sell to a lot of folks, whether it's uh, direct to the consumer, B2B, some do a little of everything. Um, what would uh, your services be for, for those types of companies, and how does that structure look? Absolutely. And as I said, you, this science of business development really does apply to whatever size of business. It's it's just a different volume and different approach, different budget as well. So we would, the same thing, we would start uh, with a target objective. Maybe a, a startup is saying our next revenue milestone would be $5 million. We want to hit, that's a good target for us. We want to hit a $5 million revenue target. We would build an opportunity pipeline and and then work with the company to make that happen. We'd help them with this capture process of building the relationships uh, with, with their customer set, building better proposals, and then closing that business to make that happen, and even executing on the back end. To build a, a strong business development team uh, it, organically, it can be expensive, and then Contracting for that or, or uh, bringing in a company like ours really can help even small companies penetrate vertical markets or penetrate a broad geography much more uh, efficient and uh, less expensive than trying to build it organically in-house. Yeah, and that would make perfect sense in my limited experience over the years with uh, grants or right. you know, government you got to jump through a lot of hoops, right? but I've also found that like, sometimes I might have a problem or, you know, I've got a, a younger friend that's going to do a startup and they'll present problems. I guess in your case, it would be like the opportunity and, right. and pipeline. The answer is like, I know there's people out here that can do this. And occasionally I'll ping you know, someone and they might have a little bit more tread on the tires and uh, have more experience. And it's, 
a little bit of a magic wand every once in a while of like, okay, fine. Yeah, it's this person. Let me send the email and two phone calls later. Right. And you've saved, uh, you know, that entrepreneur a ton of time and effort. And they might not have ever gotten to that point, right? That's that's kind of luck. And you guys take the the luck out of the equation. But I would assume your your employees are are very seasoned in their fields and well-connected. And how does that work as far as uh, you managing those types of employees? It's tough. They're... uh... Uh, we we have a an amazing team that are uh, executives that have come out of industry that have come out of federal state municipal governments and are experts at these various practice areas that we talk about strategy capture proposal development program execution and yeah they're uh, they're it's it's a great team to work with it's that's why I've been excited to do this for the last 30 years. It's so fun. Yeah. And you guys have locations all over the place. We correct? do. Uh, we have uh, people on site at 80 different locations around the country. And there's not a, a lot of, especially in the U.S., there's not a lot of uh, uh, markets where we don't service. Yeah. And so a little bit more locally, um, yeah. you guys partner with the state of Utah, correct? We've had an incredible partnership with the state of Utah going back to 2004 and built a relationship with the state where we've been creating jobs here in a lot of different areas and and a lot of small business focus, a lot of large business here. And yeah, this partnership with the state's been incredible. Yeah. Um, and then you guys are involved in the state economic summit, correct? <laughs> this is, uh, I think, uh, part of the evolution. We, you know, even a few years ago, we didn't have a lot of business in the state of Utah, and now, uh, primarily through our partnership with the state, we're working multiple contracts, and we just won the partnership with the governor's office to host and present the economic summit for the next five years. And we're really excited about that. Yeah, that's a really great event. It We've is. been a part of it over the years. And it's fun. It is. It's a great Very fun event. and informative. All right. So um, kind of with the evolution of things, I guess, uh, every once in a while there's more opportunity, maybe with like the Apollo mission in the 1960s. There was a lot of money there <laughs> right. for folks to right. help build and <clears throat> infrastructure kind of ebbs and flows. But, uh, you know, maybe now with space or, or defense, it kind of depends on the administration and, and the lay of the land there. But how do you guys stay on top of, of those opportunities and how do you try to like peek around the corners of where the next uh, sure. big opportunities are? There's a lot of opportunity right now, and uh, the money that's going into infrastructure is significant. And we really think in the next five years that infrastructure will be a significant focus on and will drive a lot of local and national economies. And that's maybe people are thinking, oh, is that roads and bridges? Yes, it is that, but it's also IT infrastructure. It's also... Uh, modernizing communications, and you mentioned space. I think there'll be a lot of uh, investment in modernizing some of the space systems to support this overall infrastructure. It's a it's going to be a big part of 
our focus and I think the if if you have a, a company that can support that, you're gonna be in a great position to win new business. Yeah. And uh, <clears throat> you know, like perhaps folks think that like Uncle Sam does everything, right? Like um, <laughs> builds the roads and builds the planes, builds the spaceships, the launch pad, all of that, right? But it's contractors and subcontractors that have expertise. And obviously we need all of these things. Um, and there's a process and uh, it's probably not easy, I would imagine, compared to other processes. But is that too easy of a summary of like how it works? Like there's entrepreneurs that have great businesses that provide value. Uncle Sam in America, in this instance, need those services. And that's the marriage there. That's right. And I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that are afraid of doing work with the federal government. And my advice is, while it may be different than contracting with a business-to-business or business-to-consumer type approach, I can tell you that it is lucrative. There is a high margin in it. And I think those are some myths that a lot of uh, the leadership of a lot of companies have is that it's hard. It's there's no margin in it. Somebody may come in and to tell us this is what we have to do, and that's just it's not the case. And uh, our team can help navigate any company through that. Yeah, and that's the important part, right? Yeah, like right. you're not left on an island to <laughs> right. look at all these forms. And no, that's right. <laughs> exactly, because there will be forms probably. All right, a um, couple more questions. Sure. So. With 50 years, I'm sure there's been some evolution in the business, right? In your 30 years, I'm sure there's been some evolution as the, you know, the CEO and leader. What are your views on that evolution? Then how do you kind of foresee maybe the next uh, wave of evolution as it just pertains to your business? Oh, that's uh, that's a great question. I, You're right. We've seen a lot of change in the last, uh, since I've been with the company for the last 30 years. And we look at some of the uh, national and, and international events uh, that included 9-11 that we commemorated this week uh, 20 years ago, the recession and multiple recessions over the over the years. I think that uh, being able to adapt quickly that hey this isn't working and we're gonna do we're gonna we're gonna change our strategy and being able to change your strategy quickly I think has been a big part of this. We've we really have reinvented the company s- several times in the last 50 years that has allowed us to navigate the, the market changes, client changes, or at the expectation of our clients. What do I see happening in the next 50 years? I think that like every company, we're very, uh, we've become very virtual. We've become very technology dependent, and I see that that'll just continue. It's, uh, and it's continuing to, to look at where are the opportunities and how do we continue to provide value for our clients? How do we create new revenue? I mean, it, that's, that'll never go away. That'll, every company will always be talking about how do we drive revenue? Every government, federal, state, municipal government will be focused on how do we create jobs? How do we build uh, strong ecosystems and economies? That's what we do. Yeah, awesome. Uh, <clears throat> question I forgot to ask. So with sure. the uh, kind of the examples of the Silicon Slopes types of companies from 
PowerPoint and a dream all the way to the ones that have some <laughs> money. How does it work with you guys? Is it a, a service fee? Is it a retainer? Do you guys share revenue? How does that work? We've done a lot of different, uh, worked a lot of different models with some of the Silicon Slope organizations. Many of them have come through the state of Utah program, uh, what was Go Ed now Go Utah, and have built these long uh, relationships with them. I mean, Pluralsight and Qualtrics and a lot of your companies that now everybody looks at as the benchmark of, of Silicon Slopes. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were working with them a long time ago, yeah. helping them with uh, business development and strategy and whatnot. And so from the entrepreneur's perspective, <clears throat> you know, they, they can spend money in this place, that place, but yeah. they'll do a, whether it's some barnyard math back of the envelope before they make the initial call of like, I think the ROI is there if we have the right partner and then it's kind of verified, right? Through the onboarding and then the actual Im- implementation. Yeah. So I guess in their minds, is it that easy of an equation of like, we need to get more revenue. We need to get to this point. Here's our goal. We need partners. Is that as simple as it might be in their minds? Well, I'll even make it easier. Our relationship with the state of Utah is we'll, we'll do a lot of this work for free. We'll, if they connect with our team, our commitment to create jobs in various vertical markets, including the Silicon Slopes focus, the technology focus, it has been a big part of, of our commitment to the state of Utah. And we're really proud of some of the things that we've done. So if they just connect with us, it's free. Yeah. It's a, a, that's, that's how they start. <laughs> so that's easy. Starting point. Easy. That's an easy ROI. <clears throat> Even yeah. I can do that. Right. <laughs> Well, this has been fun. I enjoy these uh, these business models that yep. kind of fill a niche, and then it turns out to be very important. And for, in your guys' example, grows into a big uh, multinational company. But um, I, I like being able to connect the dots backwards of um, here's the problem or here's our goal. Yep. And uh, very rarely does anyone achieve it on their own or even just as a company. There's usually right. some outside partners and helpers that help push it along. So... Um, congrats on 50 years and congrats on 30 years as uh, the owner and CEO and uh, look forward to all the success that you guys have in the future appreciate it I love what you're doing I mean this we've we've had this relationship with Silicon Slopes for a lot of years and really admire what what you're doing so thank you thanks for having me you bet thank Thank you. you